Hi, thanks this again is the for podcast listening. channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, like Canada. One, we are a family, we don't do life channel. alone. If we are about the one, to others, each share the and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Follow us our hope Instagram and prayer is always for life change. Here you. is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Alrighty, so baggage, that's the series we are in today. And our text is Hebrews 12 from verse 1 to 2. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, NLT, thank you very much. It says... Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse 2 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. All right, so last week we established that life is a race, right? Pastor said that it's, not, it's definitely not a downhill race. It's not a plain field. He mentioned that it's an uphill race, right? And I'm sure a lot of us can relate to it because there are days where you're just like, I'm not doing it again. That this adult in life, someone tricked me into it, right? But essentially, it just depicts that life has a lot of challenges. It feels like a battle. I mean, the Bible says the kingdom of God suffered violence, right? And the violent take is by force. We've been enlisted in an army that we didn't sign up for. Or maybe we signed up for when we gave our life to Christ. But life is full of challenges. Uh, it is full of battles, that's for sure. And what we learned that is that the prudent thing in this race of light, in this race of life is that we travel light, right? With little to no baggage as, as much as possible. And pastor also defined baggage as anything that we carry that can, what, slow us down, that can hinder us or stop us from achieving our goal or our destiny, right? Anything that essentially makes life difficult for us. In Luke, Jesus was sending the 70 out, right, to go preach the gospel. Luke 10 verse 4. And, you know, he said a few things. It was like, don't take any money with you. That's tough, right? He said, don't take a traveler's bag. He said, no, an extra pair of sandals. And he says, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Essentially, he was saying, depend on me solely, right? Travel light. Don't take any traveler's bag with you. Don't greet anyone on the road. Don't be distracted. Be focused. Right? So you can see that blueprint there. David also did the same thing when he was about to face Goliath. Right? Typical Lasbon. He got sent to give his siblings food. I can relate. I'm a Lasbon. We just get sent everywhere. So he came to the battlefield. His dad gave him bread and egg to go give his three siblings. And in verse 22 of 1 Samuel 17, 
The Bible says David left his things with the keeper of the suppliers and hurried out to the ranks. So essentially hurried out to the battlefield. So there was that understanding that this thing I'm carrying is not meant for the journey I'm about to embark on. Right? So it's, 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 I just wanted to do a quick recap on some of the things that, that we talked about last week. And obviously the sermon is on YouTube. But the last part of our text, or verse 1 of our text, Hebrews 12.1, the last part says, And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So I was thinking about this, that we just emphasized that this race is challenging, it's an uphill race, but my Bible says it was God that set it before us. And I'm like, okay, thanks God, <laughs> I appreciate it. But obviously, God is a loving Father. He really loves us. I mean, today I had to remind myself of that because when you're put in this kind of position, you'd be like, why would anyone do this to me? But, but God is a loving Father. That is for sure, right? So if he has set this uphill race before us, a race that is full of challenges, battles, and things like that, he has definitely made provisions for that race, right? He has made provisions for the race, for us to embark on it, for us to overcome it. I, I consider that as good news because... The reality of it is life can be very challenging, that's for sure. Life can be very, very, very challenging. Provisions. I'm going to talk about two. The first one is his word. Right, Psalm, eight, Psalm 138 verse 2 says, he has, given, he has a word that is exalted above all of his names. If we really think about it, the name of Jesus, the Bible says, every knee shall bow at the mention of that name. And God here is saying that his word is exalted above all of his names. Right? So that is a provision that God has given us. So essentially, as we go through life's challenges, right, and we read God's word, and it becomes rema in our hearts, it allows us and it helps us to overcome these challenges that we face in the journey of life. So, as an example, the book of Psalms writes 150 chapters. It's a lot of chapters. A few of them are called the Wisdom Psalms, right, like Psalm 1. So essentially, Wisdom Psalms means um, these are Psalms that are specific to instructing readers like us on how to handle life, how to go through um, issues and doubts that arise as we go through life, right? So essentially, how to face challenges, right? Example, Psalm 1, it says, what? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, not sits or stands, right? I think it stands for us. In the seat of sinners, not sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this law shall you meditate day and night. Then you shall be like a tree, dot, 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 right? Thinking about that, if your, the blueprint of your life is just based solely on that Bible verse, you will really, really go far, right? 
because he essentially speaks to your environment, your setting, how you determine where you go or where you do not go. And obviously, there's even a portion in that verse that says that you're meditating on the law day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Like the instruction God gave to Joshua, right? In Joshua 1, it's this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, right? And then he goes on and he says, you shall have what? Good success, right? So those are provision, or the word is a provision from God to allow us to embark on this journey called life. Still in the book of Psalms, Psalm 34, another wisdom psalm as it's called, verse 1, it speaks to a life of praise and thanksgiving, right? A life of praise and thanksgiving. The Bible says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. So it speaks to a life of joy, which is so critical in our walk with God, uh, having joy in our heart, because I believe it's Isaiah um, chapter 12, verse 3, that says that with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. So anything that is available to us based on salvation is drawn from the, uh, from the joy that is in our heart, right? And Psalm, um, verse 19 of this same psalm kind of wraps it all up, right? It's a popular psalm. It says, many are the afflictions. NKJV says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, right? So this is obviously confirmation that there are challenges as we go through life. But the good news and the confidence that we have here is that God delivers us from them all. And all means all, right? It delivers us from them all. So this is the good news, for sure. It is good news. Second provision, which is where I want to focus our conversation here today, is uh, the provision of relationships. The provision of relationships. And um, I am emphasizing on at least initially, on our earthly relationships. So the relationships we have with each other, right? Obviously, all of this stems from that, the relationship with our Heavenly Father. But the emphasis here is the relationships that we have with each other. So let's think about it. Where would you and I be without our relationships? Where would we be? I know for sure, for me, I will not be anywhere too far. <laughs> I think it was last, yeah, last week during team night, uh, uh, you know, I was giving a testimony about finishing school and, and whatnot. And I think the day before that, I was just kind of reflecting on it, how, how difficult it was. And you know, I was pretty much crying. I, I don't cry that often, maybe just once every two days. <laughs> but it was... It was difficult, but when I was reflecting on it, it was the people around me that really, really helped. The relationships, you know, people that offered to take care of my little guy, people that came and just were there to cheer us on. It was incredible. Just thinking about it, right? And trust me, if, if you are maybe one of the few that you believe, like, I've done this all by myself, you know, um, greater than Jesus, because obviously Jesus needed people as well, I can assure you that if you acknowledge the relationships in your life 
and you engage them, you will be farther than where you currently are. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. And it's one of the many reasons that as a church, we always say, don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. Sometimes it gets annoying, right? Because sometimes you just want to be, you know, by yourself in the moment. And you just have this random guy called Boye. Hi, hi. Why are you doing life alone? And I'm just like, just let me breathe, please. Just for one second, right? But we can't emphasize it enough. The devil always looks to isolate people. It is a dangerous place to be. If um, you're isolated or you feel isolated, please reach out, talk to someone, and engage the relationships in your life. But let's look at the Bible. Pastor talked about the baggage of Moses last week. From a different point of view, there was a period in Moses' life where he was essentially standing somewhere morning to evening. The children of Israelites were lining up morning to evening. And essentially, one by one, they were coming and telling, telling him all their problems. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Because it's like someone comes like, hi, Moses. Moses is like, hey, God be with you. This lady took my wig. And Moses is like, what's a wig? And then it's literally back and forth. And the Bible says they were there morning to evening, right? But fortunately for him, he engaged the relationship he had with his father-in-law. To be honest, his father-in-law just, he probably, his father-in-law probably stepped in and was like, what is going on here? Right? That's what the Bible said. I think it's in Exodus um, 18 is, is, is what I'm referencing. Verse 14, NLT. Jethro says to Moses, he's like, what exactly are you trying to accomplish here? Right? Because it's like, you're probably going to die. The people are going to die waiting for you. I can't imagine a bunch of people that already have problems lining up. There's no way there won't be more problems created, even on that line. <laughs> because you're lining up from morning to evening. Someone decides they want to go use the washroom. Can you please keep my spot for me? <laughs> and then they go, they come back. Someone else is there already. And then that's another problem that Moses has to deal with. So it was just completely ridiculous. But... Obviously, Jethro stepped in, gave Moses some leadership tips, told him, hey, you have to delegate, you have to organize your teams, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. So that was obviously, you know, Moses engaging the relationship in his life, right, to fulfill his destiny. Of course, Jesus as well, like I mentioned earlier, he had the disciples, but one of the other things that I think about for Jesus is, as he was thinking about going to the cross, you remember he had parents, right? I don't know if you've ever thought about Jesus' thought of leaving his parents behind. But the fact that he had someone like John that he trusted, that he had a relationship with to say, here, here's my mom. I'm handing that over to you. At least, in my mind, I believe anyways, that it will have taken the little ounce of pain, right, from the journey of going to the cross, knowing that you're leaving your parent behind with someone that you trust, someone that you have relationship with, right? 
Yeah, we're still talking about baggage. I promise. I promise. Well, Pastor listed a few of them last week, right? I don't know if anyone can remember. He listed a few of them. Perfect family, right? Comparison mentality. Tells you the list. Performance, okay. Trauma, okay. Anger, okay. Societal norms. Miriam liked the culture one, the traditions, right? So he was listing all of them, and obviously I was sitting beside Helen, and I was making sure she wrote them because I was like, this is all your baggage is, man. <laughs> Better write it down so that God can save your soul. Obviously, you can tell what my baggage is. Everything she has plus more, <laughs> right? So, I, but, but, but I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. I'm like, a lot of these baggages actually stem from relationships. They actually stem from relationships. You know, there's a, a problem-solving technique called the five whys. Indulge me. Sorry, I just finished school, so that's what's in my head. It sounds fancy, but it's essentially what our toddlers do to us. You know, when they keep asking why, 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 why. It's the same thing your medical practitioners do when you come to them with a symptom, right? They ask this question, they ask that question. Example, I'm hungry. I'm actually hungry. You ask why. The obvious thing is because I haven't eaten. And then you keep digging. Why? Because I woke up late. Then you keep digging. Why? Because I slept late. And then you keep digging. Why? Because I was watching Netflix. Or I was preparing my sermon. <laughs> that one is better. <laughs> and then you keep digging, why, why, why? And the root cause is probably, the, the root cause, the reason why I'm actually hungry, the root cause is probably because lack of time management skills, not really because I haven't eaten. Obviously, because I haven't eaten. When I eat, uh, you know, I won't be hungry anymore. But if you really dig deep into it, it's because I didn't plan my day properly. Right, I didn't plan my day properly. So it's, it's the same with some of the baggages that Pastor mentioned or that some of us have. The root cause that I want to focus on today, there are several root causes, but the one I want to focus on today is relationships. It's relationships. And it puts us in a, in a, in a unique spot because relationships are so critical to maximizing potential. They are so important to fulfilling destiny. I mean, we did a whole series two years ago on destiny helpers, right? David's mighty man and all of that. Relationships bring fulfillment. They bring inspiration. They bring encouragement. They bring safety. They bring all these things. But it just poses the question that how can something so critical to me fulfilling destiny be one of the major sources of so many of my baggages. How do I navigate that? How do I navigate this? Yes, I want to fulfill destiny. I need people. I need people. I need people. I need people. But some of these people, they're not all right. 
they are leaving me behind with some leftovers, <laughs> some leftovers that is now slowing me down, right? Don't get me wrong. People are not our enemy. People are not our enemy. They are not. However, relationships with these same people are major sources of our baggage. There's a lady in the Bible called Abigail. I believe her story is also in 1 Samuel. She was married to a guy called Nabal, I believe, or Nabal, however you want to pronounce it. It's an interesting story. I'm trying to find what chapter is it, it is in 1 Samuel. I think 24, maybe. Maybe. If you guys can please pull it up for me. It's an interesting story. But essentially, David reached out to her husband, right? And um, it was like, hey, you know, your guys were where, we were, where our guys were before. We didn't do anything to harm them. We took care of them. Um, you know, your shepherds were fine where we were. Now that you have surplus, can you give us, you know, a bit of food? And this guy, Nabal, Nabal, pretty much just said, like, who are you? Like, whose man is this, essentially? That was... That's the interpretation of my interpretation of what he said. Like, who is this David? Like, he pretty much said, like, all these servants, they don't even know their space. They don't even know their level, you know. Just asking for, for things here and there was essentially what he said. And uh, it's, it's 1 Samuel 25. Thank you. 1 Samuel 25. And the reason why I'm confident that Naba was a baggage to Abigail I'm very confident. Verse 18, let's read it together. Essentially, Abigail had realized what he did, right? And she was trying to clean up the mess, essentially. The Bible says, Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves. Of There's no way you can quickly <laughs> gather 200 loaves of bread. Absolutely no way. 100 clusters of raisins. 200 fig cakes. I mean, you have to bake it. She packed them on a donkey. She even slaughtered five sheep. She had a system for the guy. That's for sure. Because he was like, ah, this guy has come again. Maids, you know the process. Pop, 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 pop. She definitely had a system for this baggage. Absolutely. There was absolutely. He was a man that was slowing her down. He was a man, because imagine what else she could have been doing with all this time in achieving her own purpose. You know, relationships that cause baggage. Relationships that cause baggage. She definitely had a system for the guy. Absolutely. But there's another story in Second Samuel as well. I don't know why I'm in the book of Samuel. Interesting. Second Samuel chapter 9, it's the story of Mephibosheth. I, I really, really like this story in the Bible. I really like this story in the Bible. Mephibosheth. Essentially, because of David's relationship with his father, Jonathan, he was looking for someone to show kindness to in the lineage of Saul. Right? Saul is this guy, Mephibosheth's granddad. Right. Um, if we go to verse 7 of Second Samuel chapter 9, David said to him, it was like 
don't be afraid. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Next verse, please. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant? Can we go to NKJV, please? He says, Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant? This guy literally referred to himself as what? He said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? Oof, that's a heavy baggage. That is a heavy baggage. I mean, from the surface, obviously, we can all see that he had low self-esteem, low self-worth, low everything you can think of. I mean, he, re he referred to himself as what? What? That's on the surface. But if we really look at the story of this guy, Mephibosheth, 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible says, Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son who was lame in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel and his nurse, someone he had a relationship with, took him up and fled. And it happened as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. So we just read in 2 Samuel chapter 9 that this guy has low self-esteem as a baggage. But now we look at the root cause, that this baggage actually stemmed from the outcome of an action of someone who he was in relationship with. Right? The nurse. That's where it stemmed from. So the baggage that some of us talk about, that some of us see, is a branch, a symptom of some of these root causes, right? The action of the nurse, the nurse caused him to be disabled. And we're not here to point fingers. We're here to take responsibility. We're not here to say it's his fault, it's his fault. We're just here to actually determine what the root cause of some of these baggages are so that we can cry to God to help us. So in the story that I just read, I want us to focus on the principle because that story is a physical representation of some of our internal baggage. His baggage was that he became cri uh, crippled, which obviously would hinder him, which obviously would slow him down. But some of us, it's not stuff we can actually see or it's not stuff I can see. It's stuff that only I know or you know, right, for your respective selves. So the action of people close to us, people that have a relationship with us, causing different symptoms of baggage, different forms of baggage. The interesting thing about Mephibosheth is that that's actually not even his real name. His real name was Mary Babel or something like that, or Mary Baal or so. But because he became crippled, they were like, we can't have this crippled guy associated with our God, Baal. So they changed his name to Mephibosheth, which means from the mouth of shame. 
because of that baggage. You know, Toby was saying that, sorry, Pastor Toby was saying that baggages that we've identified with. These guys was even so far that other people have identified him with that baggage as well. I think of the story of Bartimaeus. It was Jesus himself that healed him, but we still call him blind Bartimaeus. What else can he do? We still call him blind Bartimaeus. So think of baggages like that that everyone has identified you with, you've identified yourself with. It's so painful because the Bible says, when Ziba, the servant, found Mephibosheth, when David reached out, they found him in a place called Lodiba. And I was looking it up the other day. I'd heard, heard about it before, but I looked it up again um, for myself. Lodiba means a place of no words, a place of no communication. So there are baggages that have put us in a place where we can't even talk about it anymore. We can't communicate to anyone. He poses the question, is like, how do I even get help if I can't talk about it? How do I get help? Because everyone's like, oh, I have this issue. And it's like, oh, yeah, go to therapy. Then you get to therapy, and therapist is asking you a question, and you're just like, you can't say anything. You can't talk about it. That's the kind of place Mephibosheth was. In my mind, his baggage was dictating where he went and where he did not go. It wasn't even hindering him anymore. It was dictating where he went, where he did not go. As I conclude, we had a challenge last week to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal our baggage and help us, right? I hope we did that, because I have another challenge this week. This week, we want to visit some of the sources of these baggages, the root causes of these baggages, because it is, it is futile. It is pointless to keep cutting down branches, cutting down branches, when the root of the tree is still firmly planted there. It will just grow in another direction, grow in another direction. And in the instance where it's actually a spirit, the Bible says it brings seven more and even gets worse. So we need to think about the sources of these baggages, where they've stemmed from. You know, the Bible says that the axe is laid as, at, at its root. Right? So we need to focus on that this week. We need to evaluate our environment. We need to evaluate relationships and other sources that we can think of. Some of the obvious ones are, you know, like comparison, right? Social media, some of the, those are the obvious ones. You know, evaluate that based on the agenda of God's kingdom. How is that helping me push the agenda of God's kingdom? Or do I even need a break just to clear my mind? You know, still focusing on relationships as we talk about evaluating the sources of some of this baggage. As an example, I said re relationships are supposed to bring fulfillment. They're supposed to bring safety. They're supposed to bring encouragement. So evaluate your relationship based off, based off of that so that you're not in the wrong place. 
so that you're not in the wrong relationships that would literally just leave remnants in you as they pass by. Just leave remnants in you that you have to deal with. Evaluate your relationships. Evaluate them. Understand the purpose, the purpose of your relationship. Understand the purpose of your relationship. This thing is so critical. Uh, this series, this package series, is so critical because most of the time, the promise of God is on the other side of the baggage. The promise of God is on the other side of the baggage. That's our motivation, because as Christians, we are supposed to live a life of promise. Our life, I love the, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 15, 3 or so, where it talks about Jesus, and he said, you know, everything that happened to Jesus was according to Scripture. That's the life we're supposed to live. So you think about the story of Abraham and Lot, and pastor brought it up during um, prevailing prayers on Friday. God told Abraham in Genesis 12, he says, leave your country, leave your relatives, you know, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house, right, to a land that I will show you. And Abraham, in his infinite wisdom, took lots with him. Boom. Boom. And if you read the story of Abraham, that promise didn't happen until Lot was separated from him. Lot was a baggage on that journey for him. He was just fighting back. I mean, he had a, there was a period where he had to go and rescue Lot from somewhere. Those are battles you didn't have to fight. Right? That's a battle you don't have to fight. So the promise, the promise of God is on the other side of your baggage. Let me tie this up. David said to the servant Ziba, he also said to Mephibosheth, he said, I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. You know, obviously, we know David is a type of Christ. And that's what God has done for us. Show us kindness for what Jesus Christ did. Ephesians 2, 7. That is that one relationship we need to constantly cultivate in our life. Constantly cultivate in our life. Constantly cultivate in our life. And you might be here, you don't even have that relationship yet. Maybe this is all strange to you. But God is saying, I will surely show you kindness for what my son, Jesus Christ, has done. There is grace available to start the relationship. There is grace available to restore us to the place where we're supposed to be. Because the kindness that David showed Mephibosheth restored him to the king's table. Because he originally came from the lineage of kings. He restored him to the king's table. And Ziba, the servant, was now the one working for him. That's what that kind of relationship does. So relationships being a source. 
the relationship that is the solution. A source and the solution. So if you're here today and um, you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, I just want to encourage you. It's the best decision you would ever make. It's the best decision you would ever make. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.